I'm so excited. I was up at 2 o'clock this morning. I was looking at the clock, and I was praying and getting ready for this morning. And uh, then all of a sudden, it just went from 2 to 3. I was like, how did you do that? I lost an hour right there. Man, I felt like I was transported like Philip was, you know. I lost an hour, and then it was 3, and then it was 4. And I'm like, Lord, you've got to stop giving me this good stuff. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. He said, I'll give you the strength. Go ahead. You can get a nap this afternoon. So, uh, praise the Lord, first service, <clears throat> I almost lost my voice, so I'm trying to hold on to some voice here to speak uh, this word the Lord has given me, because I believe that there are many of you going through a time of pressure. I, I feel like as I was praying, the Lord was showing me that, that you're going through a time of testing and a time where you don't really understand what's going on in your life, and you've been tempted to turn away from God, but here you are today turning to God for strength, healing, and deliverance. Hallelujah. I'm, re I'm rejoicing in the fact you get it. You know where to come, and you know who to draw near to. So I've got an encouraging word for you today, and, and I believe it's right off the altar of God. I believe it's straight from Him, and that word for you today is divine release. Divine release. And, and I believe every time uh, we declare it and say it out loud, I just believe another area of your life is going to get freed up. Another area of your life is going to get liberated. So I want you to get bold with me. I'm, I've got to push to get some voice out here. I need you to push and help me with some voice. And we're going to decree and declare today divine release. Come on, let's say it together. Divine release. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you're going to be free from confinement, free from bondage, free from obligation, free from pain, free from sickness. Come on now. Free from debt and free from restraints. And you're going to be loosed. You're going to be delivered and liberated to go forth to the next level that God has for you. Come on, let's say it together. Divine release. Hallelujah. In Luke 16 and 16, the, the, Jesus says that the law and the prophets were until John. Talking about John the Baptist. As everything of the Old Testament is coming up to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is introducing us to Jesus, the Messiah, the one that was coming that would baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. He says, since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. That, that, that pressing into it phrase comes from a Greek word, biazo, which means to force one's way into it, to press violently. So here's what Jesus was saying. And moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament, where I brought the kingdom of God here for you, you've got to press into it. You've got to force your way in. It's not just going to fall on you. It's not going to be like a mud puddle that you just step into. The kingdom of God is here, but we by faith have got to rise up and violently say, we're going to take it by force, and we've got to press into it and press into it violently. Hallelujah. I prophesy now that that as you listen to this divine message that I pray the Holy Ghost would bring forth through me for His glory and for His honor, that by faith, you, your faith would rise up as you hear the preaching of the Word of God. And as your faith will rise up, that you will press into the kingdom of God provisions that He has for you here today. That there would be a release from your problems and a release from imprisonment and a release from sickness and a release from suffering and the like. And there would be a release of provisions in your life, I declare in the name of Jesus, and a release of divine help and a release of divine power and a release of divine blessings like you've never experienced before. A next level living that comes only from the Lord. Amen. Psalms 110 <clears throat> 
The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers or uh, nedadvav, which means they will be ready and willing in the day of your power. Here he was declare, declaring over us that in, there would come a day where would be the day of the power of the Lord. When God had come to right the wrong, when the light had come to expel the darkness, that when the Holy Ghost came that he would birth a church that would kick down the gates of hell. He said that there would be those that volunteers translated here, but really means ready and willing. I pray that you today would be ready and willing to rise up into the position and the place and the authority that you have in Christ Jesus. And you say, I'm going to move in the power of God and I'm going to advance the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. I'm here to tell you today this is the day of the Lord's power. There has to be a fundamental shift in our thinking church. Come on now. We have to change our thinking from defeat to victory. We've had too much teaching on, uh, in the past on defeatism and fatalism and pessimism. Come on now. The picture's drawn that we're a struggling church. Uh, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is just clenching on life rafts and just barely holding on. That we're hiding in a corner somewhere, disconnected from society and just waiting for the rescue of the Lord's rapture. That's not what I read in my Bible. My Bible says the devil is working hard He's the one who's stressed out because he knows that his time is short and that there is a generation of people who are not running around hiding from the big bad wolf. And I'm a part of that generation and you're a part of that generation. A generation who's not jumping every time the devil says boo. And if the Bible be true, and let me tell you it is, there is a generation this day that should be tracking down the devil and demanding you let go and you get out. We don't let him do what he wants to do I believe the spirit of the living God is raising up a generation with a devil destroying attitude that's what we have a de devil destroying attitude letting him know that this town ain't big enough for the both of us somebody needs to change to shift your thinking come on now and we let him know that he doesn't get to do what he wants to do in our city unchecked. He doesn't get to do in our, uh, uh, in our state what he wants to do unchecked. He doesn't get to do in our nation what he does unchecked. I'm telling you, it's time for light to rise. It's time for truth to rise up. It's time for the power of God to be demonstrated. I'm telling you, it's gotten to the place that a puppy is safer than a baby. And that is not good. You, you'll go to jail if you hurt a puppy that's just born. I grew up on a, a farm and there was some cruel, cruel men that I saw. They had a cruel mentality when dogs would get together and they were un, uh, 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 supervised and next thing you know, they're pregnant and they didn't want that mix of breed. They, they were cruel. I knew, I've heard of some that would take them and, and, and throw them in bags in the river when they were born or they'd take them with a hammer and just, I didn't want to go into the detail. It was cruel. And I'm telling you what, those puppies in this day and age is safer than babies that are in the womb who are created in the image of God. Let me tell you what, the devil thinks he's getting one up, but I'm telling you, it's, I believe it's calling the church to wake up and the church to rise up and the church to stand up and the church to speak up and say wait a minute this is this is evil this is a work of the devil and Satan comes to kill steal and destroy and we're not going to be silent about it we're not going to sit down and be and be just silenced over this I'm telling you the devil got to know that when he pushes we push back because we have some power 
We're not afraid of the devil. Is there anybody in here who will stand with me and say, I'm not afraid of the devil. If God's given me the authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm me, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to silence myself. No! I'm going to stand. Hallelujah. See, Jesus left us with this assignment to advance and occupy. He said advance and occupy. He didn't say hide. He didn't say be quiet. He didn't say try to be liked by everybody. He didn't say go along with the status quo. He said there's a real devil and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I'm a real God and I've come to give abundant life and I'm going to bring that abundant life through my sons and daughters, my royal priesthood who will stand and occupy and advance as I've called you to do. We've got to tear down the gates of hell. We've got to run the devil out. The Bible says we can cast him out. The Bible says we can resist him and he'll flee. He'll flee. So we got to run the devil. We need to run the devil out of our house. Run the devil out of our body. Run the devil out of our family. Run the devil out of our business. Run the devil out of our finances. Run the devil out of our community. Run the devil out of our city. Run the devil out of Virginia. Run the devil out of the United States. Come on. Jesus said, if you ask me, I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. So we're not talking about just holding on to some little spot of ground. We're talking about shaking cities, shaking nations, declaring the kingdom of God to the uttermost parts of the earth, declaring that dictators and rulers and despots and tyrants, uh, your day of dominion is over. You will not rule over the people of God. Uh, you're coming down. You're coming, no matter what party affiliation or what type of uh, covering you try to act on, if you're going to come in here and come against the plan of God, it's time for your rule to come down. Acts 5 and 14 says the believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. Say multitudes. multitudes. This is the church. Multitudes. This power brings multitudes, brings increase. We have to have a shift in our thinking from a few mentality to a multitude mentality. A shift is necessary. It may take a preacher preaching it to take place, but I'm telling you, whatever it is, let it happen in you today. A shift where we are going to the next step because when you don't go to the next step, dysfunction is inevitable. If you'll remember from your Bible that the people of God went, from the, went to Mount Sinai and then they went from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion, two different places. And they approached Mount Sinai in a different way than they approached Mount Zion. If you tried to go to Mount Zion the same way they went to Mount Sinai, then that would have been dysfunctional. And if you try to approach God the same way in the new covenant as you approach him in the old covenant, you're dysfunctional. You know what I'm talking about. Can I come up out of the Bible for a minute and get kind of real with you? Just, just real right here. If you're driving yourself to the sixth grade, you're dysfunctional. And you're making your class dysfunctional. If you're 20 years old and you're still sucking a pacifier, you're dysfunctional. If you're 40 years old and your mama's still chewing your food up for you, you're dysfunctional. Come on now. When you don't take the next step, you become dysfunctional. When the church doesn't take the next step, it becomes dysfunctional. When you as a Christian don't take the next step, you become dysfunctional. 
And what we fail to realize, just as, as true as the Bible is in the natural, this is also true in relationships. It is true in our businesses. It is true in our churches. It is true in our schools. It is true in our families. It is true in our emotions. It is true in our spiritual lives. When we don't take the next step, things become dysfunctional. So we must take the next step with this fundamental shift. You've got to open your eyes and see what is happening in society around us. You must see the, the, the spiritual temperature that is in the land and God is calling for His church to put it in the next gear. There has to be another shift. We have to go to the next level or we're going to be dysfunctional. So we must take this next step with this fundamental shift from leaving to staying. I know we want the rapture and it may happen before this service is over and to God be the glory if it does. But I'm telling you, until it takes place, we must occupy and advance. We must occupy and advance. We need a shift from this leaving to staying, from dying to living, from losing to winning, from cursing to blessing, from a few mentality to a multitude mentality. There has to be a shift. Stop trying to survive that you're trying to beat off death because all death is trying to steal your life. And rise up and say, wait a minute, death, I take authority over you. Until my days that have been numbered by God are over, you get out, you move on to some other place and, and not another person but another place and get out because I will live and not die and I will declare the works of the Lord. I'm not going anywhere until God calls me home. We must shift our mentality in order to move into the day that we are in. A day of shaking cities. A day of dealing with multitudes. A, a day where it's not about everybody knowing your name, but where everyone gets to know His name because there is no other name but Jesus under heaven given among men that they might be saved. A multitudes. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of men and women so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches and, and at least that at least a shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Never had this happened before, but let me tell you what, it's the next level. Next level. Now the shadow just falling on them. Hallelujah. And then he goes on, and multitudes gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all, somebody say all. They were all healed. Don't say, does God want me healed or does it? He wants you healed. He sent his word and healed all your diseases. He took stripes upon his back for your healing. Don't you let the devil rob you of your confidence in God's healing. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with them Oh, there's always going to be those high priests and those Sadducees. They were filled with indignation. You want to recognize a uh, religious spirit? It's always angry. It's always condemning. It's always judgmental. It'll do it in the name of the Lord. It'll do it swinging a Bible in your face. But it's mean and mad and ugly. Got bad breath. Oh, man. And they laid their hands on the apostles. Now you look at them operating under the spirit of the enemy and the enemy is laying the hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, let me tell you what, but at night, God sent an angel. You got to know something, church. 
If a third of the angels fell with Satan and they are now demons, there's two-thirds of the angels with God for you. So you got twice as many angels for you as there are demons against you. And you've got the Holy Ghost. And you've got Jesus. You've got Father God. And you've got His name that is above every name. And you've got the blood. And you've got the Word. There's no reason we should be running from the devil. Come on now. And this angel, just one, just one. You've got twice as many angels for you as demons against you. So here's just one. Shows up, opens the prison door. And brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. See, when they spoke the word of God, it brought life. I'm speaking the word of God this morning. It's bringing life. Your cells are are being rejuvenated right now. There's Holy Ghost, a life-giving power going through your body, surging through you. You're you're gaining years. You thought that that life cream or that cream that you put with vine or those vitamins was going to give you. no, No, the words of God are life. They're life. You're getting it right now. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and they talked. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders and the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. See, the high priest and the council didn't know they were gone. Oh, my goodness. The devil thinks he's still got some of you bound and he don't even realize you're free. (laughs) So they sent the officers to the prison to bring the apostles to them. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. The demons are going to go back and say, wait a minute, I bound you with sickness, with cancer. I bound you. I I marked you with cancer. You will always be living under the shadow that if it went into remission, it may pop its head back out because I put the chain on you. They went back there and it says they found they, they were not there. We found the prison shut securely. The guards were standing outside before the doors. The demons were standing there saying, nothing. We've heard nothing. We saw nothing. But we found no one inside. Somebody shout divine release. release. Come on, somebody shout divine release. release. I'm telling you, this is a day of divine release. Hallelujah. When I saw how they had taken the apostles and they arrested them and they imprisoned them, I heard in my spirit the phrase arrested development. That is a strategy of the enemy to bring in arrested development, to keep you from developing, to keep you from going to the next level. And on the road to where people are going, many areas of their development has been arrested, but we're going to get you freed up today. See, the enemy has put his hand on you and he has put you in a psychological or emotional prison that you can't get out of because your development has been arrested. Do you see at each stage of life, there's things that you have to get. Some of them are optimal and some of them are critical. Things that are optimal is that it's the best time for you to learn things, let's say. It's easiest to learn a language when you're young. That's an optimal time, but you can learn a language older, but it's optimal when you're younger. But then there are some things that are critical. There are some things that you need to get at a particular time of your life or it affects your function. So let's say if you don't learn to read when you're young, when you turn 50, you don't automatically just know how to read. And it affects your function. There are times when a person's self-esteem is being developed. And there's times when a person's social interaction is being developed. And there are optimal times for you to get this, and there are critical times for you to get this. Now let's go back. The focus on, let's go in all the way back to infancy. The focus of infancy, you would say, is survival. And let's make the parallel between the natural and the spiritual. In infancy, we're totally dependent on other people. 
We depended on them for our nourishment, for our nurture, for our protection, for our mobility. Because we're born, we're laying there, we can't even roll over yet. That day will come, but we, we, can't, even, we can't crawl. So we're dependent, totally dependent. And then when you focus on childhood, uh, childhood's focus is on learning. And you learn all kinds of things about yourself and about others and the world around you. And that learning is cyclical. So every time you go around the cycle, you, you go to the next level. That's why, you know, kindergarten, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, first grade, you're learning some of the same stuff, but you're building upon it. You're going to the next level, to a higher level in life. Then the focus of adolescence is self. And that's why you really got to come along and help those going through adolescence because the tendency is over my look, what, how, you know, people like me, they don't like me, you know, am I tall enough or am I too short, am I too tall or you know, I'm too heavy, I'm too light, or I'm too this or too that. It's all about self. And then the focus of maturity is reproduction. Now the point is that somewhere coming into our lives, we have arrested development where the enemy catches us in a phase of life, in a place in life, puts his hand on us and imprisons us right there. Think about this for a minute. Think about the times you've had to deal with adult adolescence. You know what I'm talking about? When you're a child or you're acting like one in a grown-up's body. You ever seen it? Because somewhere, no, someone didn't teach you how to share. And you don't play well with others. And, and that didn't stop when you got married and you had kids. They realized that you still don't know how to share and you still don't play well with others. Okay. And you don't have conflict resolution skills and you still throw temper tantrums. It's just you're big now. Mm -hmm. See, it didn't bother us when you were two or three because we'd yank you up and go on about our business with your little tantrum kicking and screaming. But now we're tired of it because you weigh 200 pounds. <laughs> now when you have a temper tantrum, you break things. Now when you throw a temper tantrum, the police gets called. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now when you throw a temper tantrum, your family doesn't want to have anything to do with you anymore. They just go. Now when you have a temper tantrum, folks avoid you like the plague because you've been locked in a jail. Your development has been arrested. A person's development during adolescence gets arrested by trauma. Boy, the enemy will use that. By drug abuse and alcohol abuse, well, the enemy will use that. By pain, by physical abuse, by psychological abuse, the enemy uses these to bring in that arrested development to try and lock you from going into the next level and stage of life effectively. And while you may eventually get out of the abuse or get out of the trauma physically, but your development got arrested and now 40 years later you're still stuck where you were when you were 16. I'm talking to somebody today. A person can be harmed or abused by an authority figure naturally or physically or sexually or emotionally and they freeze. So now what happened when they were 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 is still affecting them at 35. You don't trust. You avoid intimacy. You live in fear. You walk around bound by anger and resentment. Just the hint or, or, or of something now takes you back and reminds you of the prison that you're bound in. Arrested development. 
The reason I'm talking about this is because God said today is the day for divine release. And because of that arrested development, you have not risen up to be the mighty child of God you've been called to be. You've been not been walking in the power and the authority that God has deemed you to walk in because of this arrested development. But God says, I bring the word to you today, divine release. I'm releasing you, I'm bringing you up, and I'm bringing you out in the name, name of Jesus. Because arrested development keeps you from taking the next step. Keeps you in a life of dysfunction. Keeps you bound in adolescence. One of the signs of adolescence is you think you know everything. You ever met that person? It's amazing at the certitude of adolescence. Man, they know how you should run your house. They know how you should raise the other kids. They know how you should spend your money. Oh, if you would just listen to them, they could even walk you back through your life and show you every place you messed up. They know it all. They know it all. And the funny thing is, if that person gets through adolescence, say 18, 22 or so, they usually turn back to their parents and realize that their parents were smarter than they thought they were. It's amazing how much brighter you become when you get married and have a mortgage and a job. Here's a letter from a son to his dad from college. He says, dear dad, I want you to notice the S's are all dollar signs. For you who are listening, every S is a big capital dollar sign. Dear dad, school is really great. I am making a lot of friends and studying very hard. I simply can't think of anything that I need. So if you would like, you can just send me a card as I would love to hear from you, love your son. Now look at what dad replies back. And for you who are listening, every word that has an N-O is bold and capital. I know that astronomy and economics and oceanography and, are enough to keep even an honor student busy. Do not forget that the pursuit of knowledge is a noble task, and you can never study enough. Love, Dad. Man, I love that. <laughs> See, unfortunately, if we get stuck in our adolescent development, then we are not released to go to the next level. That's why we need this divine release. Come on, let's say it together. Divine release. And if we're not released, we spend the rest of our adult lives resisting authority figures. And if we're not released, we spend the rest of our adult lives where we know more than everybody else knows. And we spend the rest of our adult lives telling others how to run their lives when at the same time we're struggling to manage our own life. It's arrested development. See, I say all of this because this happens not only in the natural, this happens in the spiritual as well. And in our spiritual life, I say, God is saying we must go to the next step. We must move to the next step or we're in dysfunction. God always has more. We're on this spiritual journey. We're walking it out. And if we fail to take the next step, we get stuck. And a person gets arrested in their development and they get disheartened. And they, they've been wounded and, and they just, they've been bruised. They, they're easily offended. It's amazing how somebody who hurt you in church 20 years ago is why you're not involved in what God's called you to be involved in today because of what they did 20 years ago. That's arrested development. Come on now. 
It's like the woman who had an abusive relationship. You judge every man now by the fool that you were hanging with. Now you're running off good people. You're running off people that God's sending to you. You're running off people who like you because your development got arrested. Now you walk around with an attitude. I'll cut you before you cut me. Uh-huh. I know I'm walking on a minefield here. I feel like maybe click. What do I do? We move on. <laughs> See, if we're not careful, we'll judge everybody by one thing. And this is so important. In order for us to get from infancy to childhood to adolescence to, to maturity and adulthood, we have to separate what people have done and what God has done. And realize the enemy used the weakness in people, so it's the enemy, it's not the flesh and blood, it's the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness and the spiritual wickedness in high places that use them to come against us. And if we're not careful, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're stuck. No, we got to say, that's what the devil meant for evil, but tell you what, it is toughing up my hide. You meant it for evil, but God's going to turn it for good. I'm going to the next level, and I'm going to be free, and I'm going to help other people get free as well hallelujah see the ploy of Satan is to try to get us to fall out of the thing that is most important to us and his target number one is to get you out of the church out of Christian fellowship that's top of his list you know the kind is kind of like the guy who invites his co-worker that he's been working with 40 50 hours a week he's been working with him at the Ford plant and he invites him to his church. And the co-worker finally, after months and months of invitation, the co-worker comes. And, and eventually this guy abuses the, one, the other guy's child. And the story comes out, somebody at the church did it. Now why wasn't it somebody at the Ford plant did it? Come on now. Where did he meet the guy at the Ford plant? Where did he spend 50 plus hours a week with him? at the Ford plant. He's had an hour, two hours a week at the church with him. But when the word comes out, it was a guy from the church. So you can't trust the church. So don't go back to the church. Get out of the church. Do you see what the devil is doing? So back to Acts 5. The apostles are moving forward. Multitudes are coming to Christ. Sick folk are getting healed. All of them. Hallelujah. Demon possessed are being delivered from the powers of, of the, uh, the demonic spirits that were holding them in bondage. And now the powers that be put their hands on the apostles and put them in prison trying to arrest their development. Now hear me. An angel of the Lord went and opened the door and released them and told them, go back. Keep doing what you were doing. Speak the word of life. And, and evidently the angel shut the door behind them because the next day the, the guards, the doors are still locked, they, 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 but nobody's there. I'm telling you, as we picture that, what God showed us in the scriptures, he's going to show us right now. We're getting ready to announce a release in this place today. And whatever in your life has been arrested, you get ready. It's about to come out. You're about to come out of that bondage. Those demons are going to go back into the dry places from where they come. And you're not going to... And, and, and the enemy and the enemy's going to look and say, wait a minute, we left you here with cancer. We left you here with bankruptcy. We left you here with bondage. We left you here with fear. We, left, we had you... Where are you at? And you're going to be out here declaring life, life and light into the word world from the word of God.
Now Deuteronomy 15 and 1. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant release of debts. Now if you know your Bible and you know that seven years was a type of the Messiah, the perfect one who was yet to come. This was all a shadow, a type, looking forward to the Messiah. Now you and I are on this side of the cross. Hallelujah. Remember, you don't come to the uh, Mount Sinai the same way you go to Mount Zion. You don't come uh, to the Old Testament the same as you come to the New Testament. We're on this side of the cross. We're on the side of fulfillment. Hallelujah. We're not waiting on anything. We're not waiting on anything. Our Savior has come. Our Savior has lived. Our Savior has given Himself up with stripes upon His back and a crown of thorns upon His head and a spear in His side and nails in His hand and nails in His feet and all that He did in redeeming us with His precious blood and hanging on a tree to get the curse off of us so that He could get the blessing on us. We're on this side of fulfillment. Amen. And Jesus in Luke 4 says, I have come to announce the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Divine release is what he says, I've come. I've come to bring divine release. Now, now ju Jubilee is initiated, if you're going back to the Old Testament, with the last trumpet. Now, what does that mean? When it came time for the Jubilee on the 50th year, the priests would take the trumpet and they would stand in the temple or the tabernacle, whichever they had at the time, and they would make the sound and that sound would go forth proclaiming it is the year of Jubilee, release. Now, because the territories were so spread out and from so far they could not hear what was taking place at the tabernacle, there were other priests who were to hear what was coming from the tabernacle and when they heard the sound of freedom, they would take and make that same sound in the faraway distance so that everybody who would hear the sound, they would hear the decree, then that would come unto them. And then from the furthest distance, another priest would hear the sound and say, now, because God wanted Everybody. It wasn't just for a select few. It was for everybody who would hear the sound of freedom that they would be free. Hallelujah. So we know that as we see that in the Old Testament as a picture unto us that here today Jesus is standing there in the temple and He's starting it from the temple to bring forth the sound of release. And there he stands in Luke 4, and as he came up out of the wilderness, he picked up the trumpet, you might would say, his mouth. Uh, he found the place where it was written. He opened up his mouth, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach deliverance to the captives and to the setting free of those who are prisoners and healing to those who are bruised and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is Jubilee. But Jubilee is not complete throughout the land until the last trumpet is sounded. So we see as Jesus goes to, ascends to heaven, He tells the apostles, He says, you've got to go, you've got to be filled with power from on high so that you can have a holy voice flowing out of you that you too may be a sounding trumpet to get it to your generation. So Peter and James and John made the sound that they heard Jesus make. And throughout the ages, different preachers and prophets and priests will pick Pick up the sound that Jesus made in Luke 4 as I'm doing even in your presence this morning. And we would let the sound go forth. Freedom! Freedom! For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah! It is divine release. We are making a release today. A release God. Release your people, God, from this arrested development, I declare. 
I'm telling you, you may be bound socially or physically or emotionally or relationally or financially or spiritually. I'm telling you, I decree in the name of Jesus and I declare by the Word of God the sound that I hear my Jesus saying. I hear my Jubilee saying. He says you are free. He, the Son sets free is free indeed. If you will receive it, it is yours today. You are not to be bound anymore. The enemy's going to go back and he thinks he had you locked up. He thinks he had you all keyed in. He thinks he had you chained down. He thought he had your life held back. But he's going to find you're not there anymore. But you've come up out of that sickness. You've come up out of that bondage. You've come up out of that arrested development. You've come up out of that pain. You've come up out of that relational turmoil. You've come up out of that sadness and that sorrow. You have received the Word of God that you are free. Hallelujah. And when you are released, I'm telling you, you're not just going to be free. He says in Deuteronomy 15 and 13, you're going to come out and your hands will be filled. You're not coming out empty-handed. What the enemy has stolen is coming back to you, pressed down, shaken together. I'm telling you, it's coming back to you. It's coming back to you. When you find a thief, the thief's got to pay back sevenfold. I say unto you today, you're not coming out over uh, empty-handed. So I prophesy over you right now in the name of Jesus uh, that there would be a release from your problems, uh, a release from imprisonment, a release from sickness, uh, a release from sufferings and the like, uh, a release of provisions coming into your life, a release of help coming into your life, a release of God's power working in and through your life, a release of blessings uh, in the name of Jesus, I declare divine release in the name of Jesus for you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray by the power of the Spirit of God. I pray by the power of the anointing of Your Word, Lord God, that You would move upon every soul, every breathing soul in this place today, that the enemy will not win, that the enemy will not hold them anymore. Let an angel come and set them free. Let an angel come and escort them right now. You said what you did in these scriptures uh, was there as an example uh, of what you want to do for us. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus uh, you would dispatch angels right now to come and assist and aid uh, those that are in bondage, uh, those that are in prisons, uh, those with arrested development, uh, those that have been locked into turmoil, locked into pain, uh, locked into loss, uh, locked into sickness mentality, locked into a poverty mentality, and escort them out right now. Open those prison bars. I pray and bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. No more fear, no more bondage, no more pain, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more loss, no more turmoil, no more treacherous works of the enemy. We rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. We resist you, and you must flee. Get up and get out. Get up and get out. Or you come in under our feet, we're going to squash you. In the name of Jesus, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Devil, go. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of Jesus, power, come. In the name of Jesus, blessings, come. In the name of Jesus, healing, come. In the name of Jesus, prosperity, come. In the name of Jesus, deliverance, come. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, joy, come in the name of Jesus. Peace, come in the name of Jesus. Love, come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We take our stands. We just take our stands. Divine release. Divine release. Lord, we know that if there's anyone under the sound of my voice 
who has not embraced you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior, the enemy has all rights to them. But I'm here to tell you today, you weren't created to be the property of the enemy. You have stamped in your DNA, you were created in the image of God. You were created in the likeness of God. And the enemy has tried to mar your personality, mar your identity. He's tried to scratch off the DNA, the divine DNA serial number out of your life. But God said, I can still read it. I can still read it. You were created for me. So we need to reconnect right now. The Bible says that we who are lost, we who have gone astray, that we who are born in sin and far, far removed from God, if we will call on the name of Jesus, you can call on His name right now. Call on the name of Jesus. You shall be saved. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, I called on His name when I was 17. And here in 53, His name gets sweeter and more powerful every day. Jesus. Call on Him. You will believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead. And you will confess with your mouth that you surrender to His Lordship. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're born again. The angels begin to rejoice in heaven and they're ready to move on their assignment for you because now you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You've come back into the fold. You're here today or you're tuned in or you're listening and you've been up away from God or you've never embraced Him, call upon Him right now. Jesus, Jesus, I want this divine release. I want angels working for me. I need your Holy Ghost power in me. I need to be a son, a daughter of the Most High God. Call Him Jesus. Jesus, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which you might be saved. Jesus, Jesus. And not only is there salvation in the name of Jesus, there's healing in the name of Jesus. If you need healing, call on that powerful, precious name, Jesus. I receive my healing. By your stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes. You're the Word. You sent the Word and healed all my diseases. I receive you, Word of God, Jesus. They laid hands on the sick, and in the name of Jesus, they were healed. If you're in prison in any area of your life, mentally, socially, I'm telling you, uh, sexually, it's just affected you and how you uh, operate and, and live in integrity of God's Word uh, with your sexual uh, relationships outside of God's will and outside of God's Word. And you say, wait a minute, I've been doing it all wrong. God has a plan for a man and a woman to come together in purity and then to be married and then to be united and then to bring forth the fruit of blessing. Lord, I've gotten out of your order. I've gotten that out. I, the, the world has bound me. Lord, I missed it. But God, I repent. Oh, repent before him today and say, God, I want to bring my life into alignment with your greatness and your word. I want to bring my life into alignment. Maybe it's with your finances out of alignment. Maybe your relationship's out of alignment. Maybe the way you're raising your family or maybe the way you're dealing with your parents is out of alignment. Maybe the way you're conducting business or, or you're operating at school is out of alignment. You can come into alignment and say, Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. He will forgive you today if you will ask for His forgiveness. He will forgive you today. 
forgive me, Lord. Oh, God, I repent. I changed my way. I changed my mind. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it your way. Oh, let's align ourselves with Him because His way brings divine release. His way brings freedom. His way brings joy. His way brings peace that surpasses all understanding. His way is the only way to the Father. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, I embrace you today to be my Lord. I surrender all to you and my Savior. Would you just say that today to Him? Lord and my Savior. Jesus. And now, God, I'm going forth with the proclamation of divine release over my life. And I'm walking up out of this prison. I'm walking up. They had to walk out of it. Just like Peter had to walk out of that prison led by the angel. We're going to walk up out of our prisons into the freedom. And we're going to go and share life. The life-giving word of what God is doing and what God has done. We're going to share it with others. Hallelujah. Come on, let's begin to rejoice and begin to praise Him because we've got one of the best weeks ahead of us than we can even imagine. It is your eye is not seen, your ear is not heard. It is not even entered into your heart the great things God has for you this week. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him.